We are back yep. on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we are celebrating episode 110. 110. All right. Now we got into triple double digits. Yeah, finally. It'll be a, <laughs> it'll be a while before we get to 200. We might. Yeah, but we, that, that's yeah. our plan. We'll get there. You know, with the yeah. help of SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google, Yahoo, with all those and, and with all of you out there listening, uh, we appreciate you listening, commenting, sharing, everything that you do. We'll get to 200, but first, 110. Uh, big ugly, big fit. As I should call you because I saw you the other day and and uh, you know don't take this the wrong way but you're looking good my friend you looking uh, fit and healthy how are you sir I'm doing pretty good man I, I appreciate that um, you know I've been putting in some work in the gym over the past I've, I guess I might as well say the past year man it started back in January um, so yeah the past year I've been putting in in the work is finally uh, paid off. Fantastic. Good to hear it. Stay stay safe and healthy and all that stuff. I know we've been doing this through Zoom most of the time, but we're going to get back together in person. We all got together in person at AEW Dynamite at UMBC campus uh, not too long ago. That was a good time. Uh, we had the peak experience. Uh, we had great seating. I don't even think we ever sat in the seats that we paid for, but that's okay. <laughs> because we sat we right above do. them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we paid for, you know, yeah. um, and we did a good job. It was fun. A lot. Great show. A lot of fun. Um, wonderful stuff. But um, today on this podcast, 110, we just finished up Halloween. We're heading into Thanksgiving and Christmas. Lots of things going to be happening. But on today's podcast, a little bit later on in segment two, we're going to have back again. Big Ugly, the chorus of the Chesapeake. OK, Um so this is a group that I have uh, been pleasure to sing with for quite a while. And my dad as well. Um, you know, we do some sing outs and we do some uh, performances at different places and they got a show coming up and we're going to be helping them promote that. Um, we went to UMBC the other time. This is going to be at CCBC. So not too far away. Uh, it's in December and uh, our boys, Bill Day and Jim Hobbs are going to tell you all about it. Two of the big wigs of the course of the Chesapeake. That should be fun because they always have something interesting to say big ugly yeah man i'm excited um one of these times i'm gonna have to definitely get over there to hear you guys sing please do because uh now it's time we are getting back into the swing of things uh the pandemic is uh slowly but surely going behind us or at least it's being manageable so it's it's um easier to get together and sing and uh do things without masks you know everybody be safe and all that stuff but still uh we appreciate that and we appreciate you uh helping us give this platform for some free advertising and a matter of fact um speaking of free advertising we do all this for free i mean we're not right we're not wrong. We're not wrong. Just fans. We are just fans. And, you know, fans do thing. you know, we, we're fans for free. You know, I, I, well, maybe we pay for the cable and, you know, the pay-per-views and the premium live events and the tickets to the shows. But to be a fan of professional wrestling is free. It's a choice. Um, live free. Uh, but anyway, speaking of that. Um, you remember Michael Spedden. Uh, he's been on our podcast a couple of times. Foul Players Radio. Yes. Um, 
He's a chorus singer. He's an actor. He's a fan of entertainment of all set. Now, uh, the chorus of Chesapeake actually was on their show not too long ago. So we'll be helping promote that and cross promote the cross promotion, cross pollination, all that good stuff. Uh, but shout out to Michael Spedden and Foul Players Radio and Chorus of the Chesapeake and all. Yeah, it, yeah that's it. Shout out to all this. Now, Big Ugly, I sent you some text messages in the past couple of days. I was waiting for you to – I knew the tangent was coming soon. It's It's got to happen. <laughs> uh, you know we're going to talk a lot about a lot of different things, uh, pro wrestling included, but here's, here's tangent. Tangent number one. All right. We'll talk about Crown Jewel. It was actually a pretty good event. But one thing that didn't happen on Crown Jewel was – no money in the bank tees, which is weird because that main event had kind of everything else involved with it. But we'll get to that. Good main event, Crown Jewel, Roman Reigns, Logan Paul. But the next time, not the next night, but two nights later, on Monday Night Raw, you're thinking, all right, we're going to watch the Monday Night Raw after Crown Jewel. Before War Games, we're going to set some stuff up. We're going to make some things happen. Oh, things things got stepped up. Things got shook up in a way that I was not expecting in the Triple H era, but I guess Triple H is trying to erase pretty much anything that Vince had going, <laughs> um, specifically other than Roman Reigns. So two things happen. I'll start with the, the appetizer. I'll start with the 24-7 title. Big Ugly. We ain't seen the 24-7 title in quite a while. No. Um, we ain't seen it 24. We ain't seen it 7. We ain't seen it on pay-per-views. We ain't seen it on Raw, SmackDown, premium live events, nowhere. Mm -hmm. So Dana Brooke was the champion for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, R-Truth was the champion like 48 times, which I thought was one of the best storylines, one of the best things on the show. He made that belt, yes. He did. Very exciting, very entertaining. And then, un unfortunately, as they're bringing R-Truth back into the mix in the last couple of weeks, R-Truth got hurt, and that's sad. Um, hopefully, R-Truth gets better. Sometime soon. But here's my beef. Where's the beef? Wendy's lady? It's right here. All right. So on Raw, they had Dana Brooke defend the 24-7 title against Nikki Cross, returning Nikki Cross, as a matter of fact. Um, she got out of the Nikki A.S.H. superhero thing, and now she's just Nikki Cross. Crazy, crazy girl again. Um, so it was pretty much a I don't want to say squash, but it was not a contest of much. And Nikki Cross won the 24-7, walked out of the arena, and you think it's over. They do a backstage segment, and Nikki Cross is walking back there um, with the 24-7 title in the back, in the backstage segment. And what does she do? This is a old-school pro wrestling trick. When you want to eliminate a championship, you throw it in the garbage can on live television and this is what she did that green belt with gold on it she threw it away now this this could just mean that the this could be signifying the end of the 24 7 title big ugly did you see this or did you not how did you feel when i told you about this and just overall the 24 7 title dana brooke nikki cross what do you think about any or all of this so I, I definitely saw it. Um, you know, my thought process is that um, I, I feel like this is their way of getting rid of it. And, and instead of just doing a more phasing out, I feel like it was almost like Triple H's like creative decision to kind of put a stamp on the idea that we're, we're done with this. Mm -hmm. 
Um, because other than that, there's no real reason to throw it in trash, right? Like, it's like, how do you bring a title back from that, you know? Um, now, as far as my thoughts on it, um, you know, I, I don't I, I don't know if this was the right way to go about it. Um, <laughs> but I do believe that, you know, the I don't think the title has really been taken seriously since our troops long run with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure they've really been doing anything with it. Um, and it's kind of been like this generation's hardcore title, except. You know, it just yeah, it's just kind of just fizzled out. Um, what What are your thoughts? Like, is it just because I guess that with the new Triple H regime, whatever they've got going on, do they really not have a place on a three hour show for the twenty seven four uh, or twenty four seven segment? Yeah. I mean, is that what I mean? Obviously, it's it's a long show. It could use something like that, whether it's comical or whether it's a big melee of mid carters or whatever it was. I mean, is there really no place for that? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. There's, listen, three hours. There's definitely a place. I mean, we watch Raw every week. We know yeah. that there's a place for it, right? I fast forward through Raw every Raw. week. I mean, I watch. Yeah. I, you know, I start watching around nine thirty yeah. or ten o'clock, so I can I watch the first segment at eight o'clock, uh, and then I you know see where the show's going to go. Then I pretty much. Get, get to something else like Monday Night Football or, you know, whatever it is. And then I start watching again, 9, 30, 10. And then I fast forward through a lot of stuff. Now, now, granted, there's been some better contents and better matches, things like that. But it, come on, there's got to be a place, man. At least one segment, right? I feel like there's a place for it. And I also feel like, I mean, I feel like the 24-7 title, it was also like they kind of started tapping into this a bit. But I feel like they kind of just slowed up. And that was the chance to like move this title into more of the internet realm. Mm. And because I'm like, I'm like, think about it. Like if you have 24 seven, it's like, you know, and an old gag is like wrestlers always have to carry the belts. Right. So it's like, <laughs> you could have had, you could have had, uh, you know, you could have had wrestlers out in LA somewhere, just kind of like going about their business. Next thing you know, somebody rolls up on them, you know, or if there's a wrestler hanging with a celebrity and they're just hanging out at their house and then you see another another person dragging a referee up on the property, you know what I'm saying? And then they mm-hmm. they get in the back door. You know, you just I just think you could have had fun with it in the digital space yeah. of WWE. Um, and I think that that would have been an opportunity not only just for the wrestlers, but also just to start incorporating other types of people like they could have made it a point to be like you know who can we involve in these kind of like small little skits you know what i'm saying um and they really could have went off on like instagram and tiktok with these kind of things but um you know i mean maybe it was just the juice wasn't worth the squeeze as they say (laughs) possibly i mean yeah it was i i just thought it's a nice way to break up the show it's entertaining and it's a good way to give you know people you know pack up your roster with as many people but it gives some of those i want to say mid carters but you know what it's kind of what it is it gives them and and it doesn't matter who it is men women referees uh backstage talent it don't matter you know gives some something for those people to do but i think this is their way and i think you agree that i think the 24 7 title is gone um Will it be resurrected? Who knows? But, you know, what will they put in place of this? Maybe they'll just give it. Uh, maybe it was just not around for so long that people were like, hey, where is it? And then they weren't going to bring it back and do a program with it. So they just got to find a way, a, a pro wrestling way to get rid of it instead of it just being forgotten. So, yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, if history tells us anything, right, mm. the ti- these titles 
just like I said with the hardcore, the titles that are the they can be defended at any time, yeah. you know, anywhere. They don't really have the longevity on them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so and I think that's just it was just another example of that. You know, um, it's hard to it's hard to take a title seriously when, you know, you've got the 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 you got like a trail of guys that never see tv time just running after one person with a bell <laughs> um so yeah yeah and i guess you know it's gonna those people that are actually in those storylines and they're they're doing all the traveling and they're coming to the 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 tv arena and they know that that's you know that's pretty much what they're going to be doing it's like well you know i could probably get a job somewhere else doing something else uh, you know whatever it might be but Hey, uh, God bless the 24-7 title. Gave us some good moments. Um, it gave me another uh, collectible uh, championship title, which I do have. Um, and uh, that's great. So God bless the green belt um, 24-7 title. Okay, that's first. Now, before I get into the second one where I really get um, heated, I guess you could say, uh, I want to make the shout outs because this is this is good because we want to shout out to CM Funkies across the country in California right now. Um, so uh, he wasn't able to join us. He's three hours past or per- before or where, whatever it is. Um, but a big shout out to him who was there with us at AEW Dynamite. Also, a uh, big shout out to Jam and Jason, um, who I got to see over the weekend, uh, Towson University, uh, Towson State University graduates, and uh, Towson 4 got to see the football game. Towson Tigers won a football game, which was wonderful. little reminiscent, Towson football, uh, Towson basketball is coming next. And also shout out to Jason Justin Tucker uh, because the Ravens are doing real well, top of the division. Um, they play basically one game in 21 days, two games in 30 days, whatever it is. Um, they got a fantastic gap in the schedule. They got a real good schedule coming up. And uh, Jason Justin Tucker, also a big fan of the pro wrestling. And all of us are going to be available when we go to WrestleMania in Philadelphia in a couple of years, uh, year and a half. And DUW is still going to be around. I don't know what number going to be at, but we're still going to be around. <laughs> so that's all the shout outs. Yeah. All right, Big Ugly. I texted you again. And uh, this was real recent. Uh, when yes. we're recording this on a Wednesday, this happened the same night on same a Monday. Yeah. I thought I was done with Monday Night Raw. It was another Triple H stamp. Mm. Sure was. <laughs> of disapproval. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, disapproval of something. And yeah. I, we don't know what it is yet, but uh, or who. Who? But, okay. So, this is what's happening. All night long, Seth Rollins is o- issuing an open challenge. And I like it because it's several segments. So, you never know what's going to happen with an open challenge. You never know who's going to show up and, and accept it. Uh, uh, actually, there was an open challenge by, I believe, Ronda Rousey on SmackDown not too long ago for the woman's title on SmackDown. And guess who showed up? Emma. Emma showed back up. She, uh, this, I like this, actually. She showed back up. She had a real good match. She did not win, but she had a real good match, and she's back on SmackDown. So, good for her. Um, uh, Tanisha, uh, Tanisha Dealwood, or I can't remember how do you say it, but good luck with her. Okay. That was a good thing. Here's the bad thing. So Seth Rollins, the first person to come out and try to accept was, I believe it was a backstager with that. No, I'm sorry. Uh, somebody came, uh, I think it was the club, the OC and Finn Balor with the judgment day. And they all came out to the ring and basically Seth Rollins just kind of left. Um, and he was just like, okay, you guys have things to work out. So no, 
no United States Open Challenge. Actually, I kind of like that segment how that and it, it kind of said and this was in the first hour. I'm like, oh, this so they could do this again. So in the second hour, Seth Rollins came back out and he said it again. Um, who's going to accept the Open Challenge? Blah blah blah. Uh, on the screen, it showed up as I think Mustafa Ali, who first came up on the screen, and then Bobby Lashley beat the crap out of him backstage, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought again was very creative, very yeah. good stuff. Um. So again, nobody came out to accept the challenge. Um, so who finally, uh, I believe Bobby Lashley it did accept the challenge right there and said he was going to do it later on that night, which he did, um, which is fine. Um, so main event later in the night, hour three, when we've all watched a lot of Raw with Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. Decent match, actually. Pretty good match. Um Back and forth, good stuff, and then obviously some and some interferences and some things like that. But then at the uh, end of the, I think it was, I don't want to say I, it was Finn Balor and the Judgment Night that attacked. I can't remember. Was that right? Somebody it attacked. Was, uh, so but Seth Rollins was down at the point, if right. I remember correctly. I can't remember. Yeah. But regardless, this was the time. For Mr. Money in the Bank, Mr. Austin Theory, to come out and cash in his money in the bank. Now, as soon as I saw him do this, I had a bad feeling. Like when he came out of the back with a referee, I'm like, <laughs> uh-oh. Now, it could just be another tease because he's been teasing a lot. And then, you know, just kind of get and it, the tease gets cut off. Nope. Uh, he literally cashed in the, the briefcase, had the referee ring the bell, and we had a match. Now, uh... Austin Theory tried to capitalize on Seth Rollins being down. Seth Rollins kept kicking out. And Seth Rollins, who's been going through getting beat up for the last 30 minutes and also segments all night, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Seth Rollins wins cleanly, beats Austin Theory, unsuccessful cash-in of the Money in the Bank for the fifth time. Unsuccessful cash-in of the Money in the Bank for the first time of a title that is not the <laughs> world god damn sorry not the heavyweight not the main title yep um i got so many problems with this i just want to first of all i want to go for you what did you think about this what did you i mean obviously this is a new triple h regime move this was vince's guy i mean he was he was side by side with vince all the way up until vince got uh in trouble with the law as it were (laughs) <laughs> and then Austin Theory, not only did that storyline end, but then Vince stepped down and Triple H stepped up. Austin Theory and the Money in the Bank have been, you know, non-existent pretty much since then. Yeah. Big Ugly, talk to me. Um, so let me let me I'm, I'm gonna start with this. Austin Theory should never won the Money in the Bank. I mm. don't think, I don't think he was over enough. Let me say this. Okay. When when Otis won the Money in the Bank, right mm. during uh, COVID, during, during that COVID, empty. Right? Uh, corporate WWE headquarters rooftop. Right. Yeah. When he won, I also felt like Otis probably wasn't ready. However, I understood why WWE did it because Otis was super over at the time before COVID hit. Yep. So I got it. Okay. That was never Austin Theory's situation. No. He he was never over. He just kind of all of a sudden shot to this position and it was like, he's a Vince McMahon guy. And even then, it was like, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you took somebody like Baron Corbin and then you made him a Vince McMahon guy, we'd be like, oh, I get it. Like, Corbin's been around for a while. He, he's over. He's a great heel. He's proven himself, right? 
Austin yes. Theory was just like, whatever. It was just like, what? Okay, but we got past it, right? All right, moving on. So okay. now we get here, right? I understand if somebody like a Triple H doesn't maybe see every, you know, what Austin Theory felt like, what Vince saw him. However, I still think that this was a bad call. Mm. Still think that there's like, I don't know, it's almost like a respect or due diligence that needs to be paid to the money in a bank winner, right? And I feel like the first mistake is having him cash it in against a non-world champion. He should have mm-hmm. cashed it in against Reigns. It make it makes no sense for somebody to be a money in a bank winner and cash it in on any other title other than the biggest title in the company. Because what superstar doesn't want to be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion? Right. And you know especially since he's been teasing it he's, on yes. the WWE Championship. Correct. Correct. So, he did it at SummerSlam. Correct. Yes. Why would you come into SummerSlam? Yeah. So and tease the, yeah. the big one. Now, did he get into that situation and maybe it's like, oh, I bit off more than I can chew? I'm trying to make this relevant for Austin Theory, but I don't think there's a way I can do it. Um, it makes him look terrible. It makes him like, look terrible. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dirty Mike, if he had a cash in against Reigns and he lost, I think we all would have been like, okay, but we saw it coming. He, you know what I'm saying? You know, right. it's like if, if you cash in against Reigns, nobody's beating Reigns. You get what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, you know, but it would have made sense that maybe he tried to cash it in in like a, a Saudi Arabia after the whole Logan Paul thing and Reigns is beat up. You know what I mean? Right, because they did such a good job telling that story, and we're going to get back to that and talk about that match. But yeah. I, I, did, I had no – I was not thinking Austin Theory, Money in the Bank at all. Like until the end when stuff started ha- – like other stuff started happening. I was like – I wasn't thinking it at all. I was too invested in the match and the story, but that would have been a great time to do a tease or do a cash-in that to did not succeed. Right, yeah. And maybe he doesn't win, and, and it would have been like, okay, but – this, this was, uh, yeah, no, this, this wasn't, this wasn't great at all. E- I mean, I think about even when Otis lost his, it wasn't even a cash in. It was like Otis had a match for the money in the bank. You know what I'm saying? And then he right. lost to the Miz. Right. And then Miz ended up cashing it in. Right. That didn't so, hurt Otis at all. Correct. Uh, didn't hurt Otis at all. Right. It's like, you know, he just lost the match that caused him to lose it. Yeah, and it's like, and I get that maybe they're like, all right, we, well, we can't repeat that, but this to me was just not a good look. No, uh, I, I, I mean, yes, we're talking about it, and yes, other people are going to be talking about it, and yes, it's gonna, it's gonna, maybe it, it was meant to ruffle feathers. I don't know, but uh, it was in the third hour of RAW. Most people have checked out by, you know, by ten o'clock at the latest. You know, they usually don't put things on from ten to eleven that are su- very substantial. Um. And then they had this happen at the end, near the end. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I uh, okay, I get that that if he wants to tease to further his own story, like, hey man, I can come for any title at any time on any show. Um, he tried it on the, he tried it on NXT too, but that was for the the main title. So, you know, this makes the money in the bank itself look weak now. What we talked about the other time, even when we were at uh, AEW Dynamite, we talked about um, the possibility of moving money in the bank out of its own premium live event and back to WrestleMania. Love that idea. Gives more credibility to the money in the bank. Gives more 
a spectacle to the actual match, men and women, which is fine, have one each. Um, and then combine all the women and all the men from all brands, have people qualifying from all over the place and have two matches at WrestleMania. And then you have all the way up until the next year's WrestleMania to cash in if you want. I love that. But this right here on the third hour of Raw with uh, United States Championship. I mean, not even that th- there's been people that have brought some dignity back to that title. And I know they changed it and made it a little bigger and made it a little shinier. And that's great. But it's the U.S. title. It's not even the Intercontinental title. I mean, that, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. the, main the secondary <laughs> title of the WWE. And Gunther is making that look like a beast. And everybody that he's facing, the matches are fantastic, uh, especially Sheamus. But my God, like seriously. And I mean, have him come in and not only that. Have Seth Rollins, who's been beaten up for a half an hour, actually beat you when you're fresh. Like, yeah. how bad does that make Austin Theory look? <laughs> like, it makes him look bad, and, and I don't even see. I he's an extremely talented here. young man, but how yeah. bad does that make him look? It makes him look terrible, and and I don't see it, and and it doesn't feel like this was built as a storyline because, as you said, just a couple of months ago they were build, building him to where he was looking like he might cash in on you know a range or something, and. I know that he's kind of had his back and forth with like Rollins and uh, Kevin Owens, and they've kind of been throwing these jabs at him and almost like a, he hasn't really earned his spot. So I don't know if they're still trying to play that into it. I guess we'll have to wait and see if they start bringing that back up again. Like, Oh, see, you haven't like really earned your, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and he did have a great match with who, who was, well, it was Rollins, right? He had a great match with Rollins, like a few, a few rounds ago. True. True. Um, so it's, it's not like it, you know he can go, but th- yeah, this 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 does. It wasn't a good look for for it wasn't a good look for him, and nah. it wasn't a good look for the money in the bank. Nah. So it's like I mean, you, you almost had these two things trashed in the same night of the twenty four seven title, and then also this money in the bank. It, it, that's some drastic stuff uh, happening on Monday Night Raw. Now again. Uh, could be doing some to ruffle some feathers to get some things moving and shake, moving and shaking, moving and changing. But I mean, if you want to bring prestige back to the money in the bank, um, yeah, you, you got to treat it better than that. And if you want to give Austin Theory a shot of being anything but a mid carder or going back to NXT or leaving to go to AEW, you got to do something better than that. You know, obviously Vince saw something in him or he wouldn't have put him in the spot that he did. I mean, hell, I mean, it was basically Austin Theory um, versus, what was it? I guess Stone Cold, right, at WrestleMania um, because it was going to be Vince, and, and it ended up being Vince and Stone Cold. But, uh, you know, Austin Theory, and or no, I'm sorry, it was Austin Theory and um, Pat McAfee. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it was Pat McAfee, and I'm, I'm all confused. I'm lost. But, you know, basically Austin Theory did have a chance to perform at WrestleMania with Vince by his side. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, yeah, I don't know. I'm all confused. But anyway, done with the confusion, done with the flustered. I hope good things come out of this. We'll see. Um, but, man, some weird choices for Monday Night Raw recently. Okay. So, Crown Jewel, you seen it? Yes. You seen it? The whole thing? 
I saw the whole thing. The whole thing. All right, Big Ugly, this wasn't bad. Normally, and we've talked about this on the podcast in the past six years, when they go to Saudi Arabia or somewhere like that, it's normally a glorified house show yes. where there's no furthering of storylines. There's just big names on the card, uh, a lot, some legends and things, uh, big names facing each other, and nothing of substance really comes out of it. This time is a little different. Uh, there was a lot of sus- lot, lot of substance. Um, I thought this was a pretty good show overall. I give it a B out of, out of an ABC rating. Um, I thought it started pretty hot. I thought it ended pretty hot. And I thought the, uh, the main event was better than I think anybody could have anticipated. So before we go into any details of specifics, uh, highlights, lowlights, big, ugly. How'd you feel? What'd you think? So highlight for me is definitely going to be the main event. Hell yeah. As you said, like just way better than what could be expected. Uh, I don't really, I I can't really point out any necessary low points. Mm. Um, You know, they started off with Lashley and Lesnar, which, you know, uh, two big brutes going at it. Mm. Um, I'm not sure I'm buying the whole Lashley, Leslie thing, like Mm. the the Lashley, Lesnar storyline. And I don't really know if they're continuing it past this um because it's like immediately on raw you know lastly kind of turned his attention towards rollins and the the right. championship so it's like you know is that it for that i'm not sure but i mean it seemed that, like that's a highlight it seemed like at the end of i mean it seemed like at the end of the match with lesnar and lashley um that there was more to come you know what i mean that this was not over um and I'm okay, I'm okay with that. I just think they had a chance with this at the Royal Rumble last year, and I don't think they did as much as they could with it, and then they kind of dropped it. You know what I mean? But I do think that there's still juice here. I think they can dig deeper into both of their pasts mm-hmm. um, if they want to make this happen, and they want to, ha- and, and they could happen again at the Rumble. It could, uh, I don't know, go and drag it out to WrestleMania. Doubt it, but. Um, I think this is good for both of them. And I think that, you know, these are about the only, this is about the only person that could match up to Lesnar right now on the roster. Um, And that's okay. If they can get some juice out of it, get some story, I'm all right. But basically in in the match, Lesnar got the crap beat out of him. And then, (laughs) didn't he? Um, And to win the match, uh, Lesnar actually, you know, pulled off the old Bret Hart uh, won't, I can't release the hold. I'm gonna roll over you and and and, and pin you. It was kind of sloppy, but that's yeah. that that was the idea. Um, so I think there's more to it. I don't it, mind. Yeah, they can put some more to it. They're, they're definitely trying to build Lashley as more of a threat to Lesnar now. Right. Yes. I thought they were trying to build Lashley as I, th- I thought they were trying to turn him face there for a while. Depend, you know, but. Uh, in the Triple H era, but then they were like, "Oh well, we got to put these two up against each other, and we're not going to take Lesnar and turn him around and be a heel already because that's working." So, okay, so I mean that's all right. Yeah, and I I, I don't feel like last year is a complete heel either. No. Um, but yeah, maybe they're both tweening right now. Yeah, he's tweening definitely. I think I think Lesnar is a face, but yeah, I think Lashley is tweening. Gotcha. And I think uh, the other notable match in the middle of the card was uh, the um, the tag team title match. Uh, the Usos versus the Brutes. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, 
Yeah, if you use those wrestlers. Yeah, is, yeah. Um, yeah, good match. I think all of them did real well. I think that Usos always put on good matches. I think the Bruce are getting some some good story time. Yes. Um. They and they're getting some good match time, and I like what they do. I like all all of them in the Brutes. And uh, Usos won, and now they are facing the New Day on Friday on SmackDown. And if they win, they will be the longest reigning WWE Tag Team Champions of all time. I don't see it ending any other way than the Usos being just that. Or, yeah. uh, of course, they could end the reign in the New Day. You know, they, they could throw some controversy back into the uh, to the bloodline. Uh, but I, I don't know. They've gone this far with it. They might as well keep it. Yeah, might as well finish it. <laughs> yeah, let them hold the record. So yeah. before we hop off of the bloodline, I, I want to get your thoughts on that segment that happened uh, about, what was that, two Fridays ago where Sammy uh, <laughs> talked about being Usi and kind of broke, broke everybody's character. What would you think? Oh, man. So I don't know who planted that line in there or if he just came up with it on the fly. But, man, when he said that, it obviously got a reaction from everybody in the ring and it got a reaction in an immediate chant from uh, the the fans. And obviously when we went to an AEW event, not even a week later, we had Usi chants all night long and yes. there's no Uso. There's no, I mean, there's Samoa Joe. That's about the closest thing that they got. Yes. But, and I mean, it's, I, I love, I love Sami Zayn in this bloodline story. I think anything that they can do to further this bloodline storyline um, and keep it going and keep it fresh and, and relevant, I love it. I think Sami Zayn breaking the other guys in the ring, especially Roman standing right next to him. Uh, oh, and especially Jay. I mean, he he had actually put his hands over his face. Yes. And yes. like, because <laughs> he was about to bust out like laughing legit. Um, I loved it. And I think it shows... You know, live anything can happen. That's great. I love what Sami Zayn's doing with the whole thing. I love the reactions of the Usos. I like Solo Sokoa in there as well, and of course Paul Heyman and Roman running the whole thing. Did you enjoy this as well? I mean, did it hit you real well? Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was great. You know, I, I think it was like one of those lighthearted moments that it, it was it was great in the moment and the fact that the crowd reacted to it, and I think everybody just had fun with it. You know, right. Um, and so I think I think it's it's one of those great moments I think that will be in wrestling history. <laughs> yeah, and it's organic too because yeah. the, the crowd might not have reacted the way they did, and if the crowd didn't react, maybe the guys in the ring wouldn't have reacted. Correct. Right. Um, and maybe that would have just gone on as you know another promo and move on, but it it helped. Um, so I and who knew that Sammy would end up working out so well with them, but. Yeah. Bro, I know anything that Sammy about. does, it, it ends up turning into gold, which yes. is beautiful. Yes. The whole conspiracy angle yes. for for a long time, um, when he was a face, it was working. He had theme music; it was over. He was having matches that were over. He was in like the the middle picture, like the Money in the Bank picture, U.S. Intercontinental, all that. Um, and now he's actually being a part of main event storylines, and he deserves it. Um, I think it's great, and I I, I don't know where it could go. But they they have a lot of options with this, and I hope it continues to go well for all of them. Uh, I I like, it. and I'm I'm not minding the solo Sokoa. I, at first, I was wondering why they needed more. Usually, the WWE factions don't like to put more than three or four people in them. Um, but now this one's growing, uh, yeah. and I think it's good. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. So 
that's that's cool. And we might and we'll go back into um actually uh, while that our first segment is here and don't don't forget to stick around for the course of the chess peak that's coming up. But we're going to talk about Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. What a match. What a build at the beginning of this thing when they started to announce it and I was like what <laughs> like I, I wasn't sure at first, but they had a plan. They executed the plan on all sides, on all marketing, on all social media, on all shows, and they delivered. Shout out to Logan Paul, by the way. He like got injured three different ways in this match. Yeah, I think, yeah, um, I think he like tore his MCL and stuff. Yeah, MCL, ACL, whatever he, he tore. He, yeah. but you know what? Shout out to him. He pulled off a fantastic match. Um, obviously, there's there's little things here and there, but he's only had two matches in WWE, and they've both been high profile matches. This is the third one. Real high profile main event. And actually, I liked some of the false finishes. I actually believed for a second that they could turn it over and do it. And there was a lot of interference and there was a lot of, you know, just, I don't know. I enjoyed the match. Roman Reigns is still the champion. No money in the bank cash enough for obvious reasons. And Big Ugly, what did you think? No, I thought I thought this was excellent. Uh, I mean, listen, Logan Paul worked his tail off. I think he's probably been one of the best guest wrestlers that they've had come in. Oh, yeah. And maybe the past dec- two decades, you know, I would, I would say the past 20 years. I mean, I don't know anybody that's been performing at the level he has just kind of coming out of some other industry. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, right. I mean, he, he looks good in the ring. <laughs> he does. He and looks he- like a natural. Like, yeah. I mean, not only a natural, but I mean, he was he was pulling off moves. He was doing high flying. He was yeah. doing mat stuff. Uh, you know, it was. I thought it was really good, and I hope he gets better. And I hope he comes back for another high profile match. I mean, Pat McAfee did a good job. Bad Bunny did a good job. You know, for what they needed to do for the one offs. But I mean, this was really believable as yeah. a as a main championship match. Yeah. Um, good, good for them. Good for Saudi Arabia. Uh, good for everybody involved. But Logan Paul did get hurt. Um, obviously his body doesn't have the training, you know, as a far yeah. as a professional wrestler, Roman Reigns been yeah. doing this for 10, 15 years. So, and Dave Meltzer said it, Dave Meltzer was like, listen, he, Logan Paul can never go and have that kind of match, you know, every, every night. And right. his body just couldn't take it. But right. for these one-offs and him going all out 110%, it works. Absolutely. And on that note, we can certainly talk about that more on our uh, third segment of the evening, which we will come back um, and talk more pro wrestling. We got some more things to go. We got to talk about Survivor Series War Games coming up. But Big Ugly, let's take a break. Let's play this music that we love to play for people. And then uh, we're going to come back with the chorus of the Chesapeake, uh, Bill Day, Jim Hobbs, talking about the show coming up on September. I'm sorry, December 10th. December 10th. A season of hope and song. And we'll take a break. And Big Ugly, what do you think? Take us into break. Feel bit. Go ahead. Oh. Oh, I see. I'll put you on the spot. Uh, yeah, I botched it. That's yeah. all right. We'll, we'll you see know. you soon. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll be right back with more of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We are back. Yeah. Well, man, I wasn't expecting it that time. That's good. <laughs> on segment two of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm a big ugly. 
And uh, as promised, as we talked about in our first segment, we are joined by some cool gents, some mellow fellas. I don't know. This is the kind of lingo that it kind of works in here. But uh, I'm going to introduce them to you. Um, we're gen- gentlemen of the chorus of the Chesapeake. I say gentlemen, and somebody's going to cut me off and say, well, gentlemen, that's a loose term. But, uh, you know, it, uh, <laughs> that's OK. But first of all, I want to uh, this is a gentleman who uh, helped put us all together on this call and does public relations for the course of the Chesapeake for a long time. A very good man, very good singer. Mr. Bill Day is with us. Bill Day, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much, Mike and Eric. Appreciate it. Studio audience. Fantastic. All the audience on uh, the entire podcast. And also we are joined by our illustrious director. He is, he's the man who keeps us all in tune. He keeps us all in key. He keeps us all in step um, when we are stepping, which happens once in a while, but uh, a very talented and a very great singer of his own. Mr. Kevin King is here with us. Thank you, Kevin. Okay. Yes. Hello, Mike. Great That's to a good, be here. Yeah, absolutely. Good to have you here. And uh, we know life is happening uh, outside of these walls. And uh, we appreciate everybody taking some time to join us because we're going to be talking about a couple things. Of course, the Chesapeake has been on the podcast before. It's gotten some great traction. This time specifically, we are talking about we're, we're coming out of the pandemic. We're coming into a time when we can all hang out together without masks on and we can sing and we can harmonize and we can put on shows for the people. And this is fantastic. And Bill's going to tell us more about this. We're going to talk about a season of hope and song, a mix of traditional barbershop and holiday music, Saturday, December 10th, 2022 at 3 p.m. And it's at the CCBC Essex F. Scott Black Theater. Bill Day, take it away. Well, as you said, Mike, uh, we do have a show that we're finally going to be able to perform after uh, several years of not being able to do this in front of an audience. And as you said, uh, the title of this show is A Season of Hope and Song. Uh, I'll reiterate the uh, details again. Uh, It's a mixture of traditional barbershop and holiday music. And I'll defer to Kevin to talk a little bit about that uh, part of it uh, in a couple seconds. Again, it is Saturday, December the 10th. Uh, at 3 p.m., so it'll be during daylight uh, to allow our audience to get back on the road after the show and not have to deal with uh, darkness. Uh, in addition to the course at Chesapeake, there may be some surprise uh, guests, and I want to emphasize this very much. It's a new location for us, for those of your followers who've been to previous shows. Uh, for many years, we sang at uh, Goucher College, uh, we moved the show to CCBC Essex Community College over on Rossville Boulevard, and it'll be at the F. Scott Black Theater, which is a very nice theater. And one of the things that just literally happened within the last week, as of November 1st, uh, masks are now optional for the audience. Uh, it had been required. So uh, full seating is available. The tickets are $20. Students between the ages of 7 to 18, it's a half-price discount to $10, and the kiddies 6 and younger are going to be free. Now, to call about tickets, the number is 410-256-2962. Now, this is a general admission seating. There's no uh, reserved seating. It's first come, first serve, and tickets will also be available at the door. Now, as you know, Mike, uh, in, from past years, uh, we've partnered uh, with the Toys for Tots charity. And this year, uh, again, we've committed to uh, donating some of the proceeds of the show to Toys for Tots. And it just so happened today, I got a hold of the gunnery sergeant uh, who's handling things locally for us. 
So anyhow, uh, I'll let Kevin talk a little bit about what we're going to sing. Uh, and we're pretty excited about this because uh, there's a, a lot of new music that we've learned in the interim. And of course, we're going to bring back some of those old holiday standards that really gets an audience into the spirit of the season. Kevin? Yeah, um, we've uh, been hard at work for uh, a long time, it seems, with almost no place to go. You know, we had, uh, and so with this show, we will be doing, you know, and premiering some uh, new music, a couple, two different medleys of songs. There's a Mills Brothers medley that we're going to be doing on the show, and uh, it has about five songs in it. It's um, uh, very good. And then there's another uh, uptune, which has uh, I Never Knew and You Were Meant For Me medley. Um, <clears throat> so that's, you know, they're kind of old songs, but they're they're new to us and new to our audiences. And um, so we'll be doing those along with some other sh songs that the, the chapter had put up for the audience to our last show at Goucher. I think they had a poll or something that they took where the audience said, you know, we'd like to hear these songs from like the repertoire of the past. We put some uh, titles up there and they chose songs like A House With Love In It, which my dad sang as a solo with his quartet, the Oriole Four. And um, we'll be doing that. They also chose Ebb Tide. Um, so there's another uh, song that we'll be doing again that features the tenor section. And um, uh, we'll be doing, uh, you know, those songs again with no place to be. But uh, and, you know, we were sort of on again and off again with the COVID and everything else. We were Zooming meetings at one point. So um, we've been, you know, kind of chipping away at these. And then, of course, the standard ones, we do them every year, but um, they're always kind of good to dust them off. We've got Joy to the World and Deck the Halls and um, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. You know, you name it, we're going to have it on there. And it should be an enjoyable time for young and old alike. That's fantastic, Kevin. That's a great way to, to talk about it. There's a mixture of everything. There's going to be a, a, a harmony of sound of all kinds of voices, holiday and, and, and otherwise. And and definitely uh, over the past two years, it's been challenging to to get together. But, um, you know, people have done it when they can and, and how they can. And we've been Zooming and and doing music on our own. And so the, the, these these people who come in uh, with this this general admission seating, which is every seat is a good seat in the house, by the way. I will tell you that this theater is an awesome theater theater. Uh, it's great for seating, great for sound, and it's going to be wonderful for everybody to come in and check this out. And it's the middle of the day. It's on a Saturday, like like Bill said. So it's going to be very uh, accessible to everybody, young and old alike. Uh, you know, we're not going to get in, in the way of anybody going to church. We're not going to get in any way of Ravens games. We're going to, you know, whatever it is uh, that uh, we're not going to get in the way of a lot of holiday stuff because it's happening a couple weeks before uh, Christmas. So this is an ideal time um, to, to do and it's great and like bill also said toys for tots i mean that's just a, a great organization so um a great thing there so we uh, we might have been joined by another guest we haven't been yet but i want to just take it back to bill for a second uh talking about meeting and where we have been meeting we have been meeting on a a pretty uh, significant basis, uh, you know, pretty much every Tuesday if you want to talk about when and where that is and how people can get involved that would be fantastic uh glad to do that mike uh first of all we meet uh, on Tuesday nights, with the exception of the first Tuesday of the month uh, at the American Legion Hall at the end of Dundalk Avenue. Uh, unfortunately, uh, 
uh, the uh, the first Tuesday of the month was eliminated from our participation because somehow inadvertently they rented the uh, the hall to somebody else. Now, what we want to talk about for a second in terms of the course, and you experienced this as a relatively young member of the chapter, and I can remember 40-some years ago when I started. Uh, I'm not classically trained. You're trained a rookie. You're a rookie. Bob Fogel would say you're a rookie. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the rest of the course. I'm and, sorry. Right. Didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> well, and, and the, what I'm driving at is uh, we invite any man who loves to sing, uh, who doesn't necessarily have to have a trained voice uh, to participate with us. And uh, what we do, and, and this is, I think, crucial as far as getting men to come see us who, who haven't experienced this wonderful hobby, we don't audition voices to get them out of the course. What the, we do is between Kevin and our uh, associate director, Doug Treff, and our, our great section leaders for tenor, lead, bass, and baritone, just simply ask someone to sing something simple as happy birthday. And from that uh, rendition, we're able to say, you know what, you should sing tenor or you should sing bass. And if they know what they sing, certainly uh, we're welcoming welcoming them uh, on that basis. And you always have someone to help you uh, as you work your way into the hobby itself. Now, if someone comes down the first night and feels a little uncomfortable, like I really don't want to do much, that's fine. If you would want to just sit and observe what we're doing and watch the uh, the expertise of Kevin uh, directing us and, and making sure we're using the proper techniques, staying on, on pitch and all those sorts of things, then uh, we would really love uh, some of your followers to, to join us. But remember, on Tuesday nights, the first Tuesday, which last week was uh, November 1st, uh, we don't normally meet. And uh, we're going to try to figure out a way uh, to schedule something in December because that first Tuesday night uh, is the week is the Tuesday before the show. So uh, we're trying to find another location for that. But uh, at this point, uh, <clears throat> I think we would uh, welcome anyone. And while I'm speaking of that, this is a really uh, golden opportunity to join us because our next big event uh, will most likely be singing in a contest uh, in, uh, in the spring. So we would learn uh, the, the two songs that Kevin uh, wants us to, to sing on that, on that contest. And this would be an excellent opportunity for men to come in at that time and really get those songs down pat. And then there's, we haven't decided yet, but there's also the possibility of another major show uh, in, this, in the spring. And certainly, uh, and you've done this yourself, Mike, mm. uh, the Heritage Fair, 4th of mm. July down at Dundalk. Uh, we oh, always yeah. sing on that. And hopefully we can rejuvenate our experience with singing the national anthem, uh, both the Canadian and the American anthem at an Orioles game next, next summer. So a lot of exciting things uh, can happen. And uh, as I said, we welcome any man who wants to sing and don't feel threatened in the least. Uh, you know, it's not like that at all. We're not there to make it difficult for anyone to sing with us. We just would enjoy uh, having uh, new members come in. I Definitely. would think too, um, 
uh, we're also thinking about how uh, we're sort of loaded up um, busy wise uh, for the month of December. We're doing that show on the 10th, but um, later, I don't know if that's the Tuesday after Christmas or whatever, um, we're having that, uh, what we call the blast. Um, used to be the beer blast, but I don't know if that's politically <laughs> correct or no, but we'll, uh, the, the blast is going to go on. I think that um, right now, I think the potential for having um, a guest quartet in for that um, uh, is, is great. And uh, Jeff Solano and uh, the guys from, why can't I Rip-tide. think of their name? Rip-tide. Yeah, Rip-tide. Rip-tide, yeah, Rip-tide is going to be at the, yeah. the spot. So incredible. They wow, could, so, but I'm not sure when that is. It's between. It's right between the holiday. If Christmas is a Sunday, that might be the Tuesday. Uh, it it is the, always between Christmas and New Year's, Kevin. So I think it's either Tuesday or Wednesday. And 100 so, percent, yeah. the way to know exactly when that is is to show up at CCBC Essex on September the 10th, because I'm 100 percent sure that whoever grabs that microphone in between songs before and after is going to tell us all about things like that, the beer blast or the blast coming up at the end of December. Also probably talk about the spring possibilities of shows and things coming up and ball games and heritage fair. Um, Then we'll know more for sure. And, uh, you know, also stay tuned to the dirty, ugly wrestling podcast, because I'm going to bring as much information to this as I can. So very good on that. I'm sure there will be beer somewhere because it's a blast. (laughs) Always Um, is. (laughs) It's going to be beer somewhere, but either way, it's going to be a good time. I mean, it's 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 so so just low key and laid back and a lot of fun and a lot of people just, you know, picking up singing and, and there's going to be special guests and it's it's great stuff. But definitely come to December 10th. Now, before we um end, the, I think we got a lot of good information in the segment, but I I it's been a few uh, it's been a few weeks since I've been able to join you guys and I've been going through some things. And, you know, shout out to my dad, of course, uh, you know, Larry Dell. So I don't know if my parents listen to this podcast, but uh, hopefully they are. Um, shout out to both of them, especially. But I haven't had a good Freddie King story in a little bit. So um, <laughs> normally when we meet and this is great because uh, Kevin's dad, Fred, um, you know, was uh, the leader of the course of Chesapeake and he was a, a, a fantastic singer. I've heard so many stories and seen videos and heard recordings and it's been great. And we always get honored with a Freddie King story. Um, so Kevin, I'm kind of kind of putting on the spot here, but you've got stories about your dad for days. Um, so maybe just enthrall us. Maybe it's a holiday story, a Thanksgiving story, a Halloween story, something that you can just throw out about Freddie King that would say, you know what? This is a group that I need to be involved in. There's so much history here. There's so much fun here. And I need to get involved in this. So and it's got to be. You know what? I'm not going to put any hold on it. If this is a dirty story, it can be. <laughs> it can be a dirty story. It can be a clean story. Whatever story you got, this is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, and we talk about it all. Oh, well, um, I, it's a shame that, like I said, I'm doing this over my phone, and so I'm not on the – you can't really see me, but it's sort of a, a, a conducting, you know, the chorus issue that my dad uh, did. Um, okay. There were there were times when, um, you know, the guys who who were members of the chorus, um, uh, a, a rowdy bunch, if you if you'll say, I mean, used to be many, many men that would do it. But um, he would um, secretly go to uh, men in the chorus 
Um, and he would say, and he would, he sort of held his like one hand up to a shoulder and he okay. con continued to conduct, but he had this like signal, this hand to the shoulder only when he's facing the course. So the audience never saw it, but um, he would go to individuals in the chorus who were like fine and dandy to sing out and loud when the chorus was loud. But when the chorus got soft um, or there was some kind of crucial or the guy didn't really, I don't know, know his way through the music or whatever, <laughs> he could shut them off by you doing this signal. He would put his hand up, uh, right hand to his left shoulder and it, music would keep on going and some guys would stop. Now they would keep mouthing the words like they were singing, <laughs> but they were like, you know, we're in your corner, Freddie. We'll do anything for you, you know? So yeah, if you need me to shut up at this point, I'm going to do it. And I'll look for that signal. And he shut off about 20 guys, you know, in the chorus at a mo and at a flick. And that was the easiest way for him to handle it. And I think he, like I said, he probably had 20 men on the hook for that. And I know not a single man knew of another guy that was doing that, you know? I, that's a, that's a new one. I have not heard that story and I can actually picture this. Um, you know, is that, is that, is that a trait that you as a director might, uh, inherit <laughs> Kevin? you know, would you, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've gone to He's guys more direct. Said, He's yeah. more direct. <laughs> yeah. I've gone to guys, you know, and talked with them in private or where and said, listen, you know, what are you, what's it going to take to get, you know, you up to speed on the music or whatever, but I've never like, uh, gone to the point where you know like there's a signal and it shuts guys off and yet the music continues I mean it's just it, it's just a pretty it's pretty amazing but I know he did it and um, and like I said I I don't know if you know anything about that story Bill but I don't think any of those other men knew like how many guys were turned off at the moment that he would give the signal? I don't think they knew. Fortunately, he never did that to me, so I guess I must have been okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I figured you got through it. Yeah, I have no, one, you, too. You got the perfect, you got the the personal phone call saying he needed you back in the chorus. That's right. Yeah. Well, I got I got a different one, though, and, and this is short and sweet, and Kevin can relate to this, because how many times did, did, did the, court, the quartet pass, especially the pros and cons when you guys would perform, yeah, we could always tell how well we were doing in a show, especially a sing out by the way Fred would handle his false teeth. And what I've he seen do, videos of this, too. And what That's he would true. do. And, the, and of course, the audience would never see this. We would be singing the sweetest ballad uh, that was so serious. And all of a sudden, the teeth would go sideways and. <laughs> all kinds of facial contortions and we're trying to stay serious because that's the mood, mood of the song and half of us were cracking up and laughing while we're standing there talking about somebody not being well etc and kevin can is probably has tons of stories about that but <laughs> i'll never forget one time at the lyric he turned around and i don't we were bombing some song and he did that and we totally lost it and uh, so that was <laughs> And, and the one Kevin alluded to, uh, I had been inactive for many years because it was traveling so much for work. And I got a phone call on a Sunday morning uh, sitting at my desk. And right away, I'm mad because my phone's ringing and I'm going, 
who's bothering me now at seven, <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning about work. And I picked the phone up and it was Fred. And he said, Billy, need you come back. <laughs> so I was back. I've been back ever since. So that's my Fred King's. Those are my Fred that, King's. That's some history right there. And if you if you come join us for a sing out or show or a performance or a contest or a, a <laughs> gathering on Tuesday nights, you're gonna you're gonna hear stories, and they're gonna be entertaining. Um, and you're gonna learn a lot more than you ever thought you would learn about life. And and about singing and about barbershop and about harmony. And it's just it's just wonderful. Um, great stuff. Thank you for sharing those stories. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I swear I remember seeing a, a video of that with the false teeth and, and wondering, like, what, what the hell is he doing? And how, <laughs> like, and how are people? But, it, you know, just like just like Kevin, you know, Freddie, I, I, I understand, you know, is a very good teacher, very good and a very good uh, storyteller and also a very entertaining human being. So that, <laughs> that, that's great. So um, Kevin, I know you still have all of your original teeth at this point. Um, as far as I know. Um, yeah. They, <laughs> they don't, they, they don't put them in this crooked. <laughs> hey, that's all right. I had one pulled yesterday. <laughs> See? <laughs> I did. Oh, there yeah. we go. <laughs> and you're still talking with us today. So that there we go. That's great. Um, but I want to I want to thank you, boys. Um, this is great. I'm going to just go over the uh, fine points one more time of this show. Um, you know, Bill Day, Kevin King. This is fantastic. It's a season of hope and song. The chorus of the Chesapeake Barbershop Harmony Society, a mix of traditional barbershop and holiday music. Saturday, December 10th, 2022 it is this year, uh, 3 p.m. in the middle of the afternoon. Course of the Chesapeake additional guests, new location, CCBC Essex Community College, Rossville Boulevard, F. Scott Black Theater. Masks are optional as of November 1st. Tickets are $20. Uh, portion goes to Toys for Tots. Students, seven to eight, that's $10. So bring the kids and children age six and younger, as long as they behave themselves, are free. Um, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't say that on the flyer, but please, you know, we, we want adults to behave themselves, but everybody should get involved. Everybody should be standing, clapping, cheering, singing. Um, just not enough to throw Kevin off or have him turn around and say, hey, hey, I'm doing a job <laughs> <up> here. So. <laughs> Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, that could happen. But anyway, thank you both for um, – this has been wonderful. I will uh, you know, see you guys, I'm sure, sometime in the near future. We'll be promoting this on the podcast, sharing it with everybody. And please come out and support. Please come out and sing. And uh, do you have any last words for us, Bill, uh, as we yeah. uh, adjourn on this segment of the podcast? Yes. Uh, just to reiterate the phone number to, uh, as far as our ticket manager. It's it. uh, air code 410256 2962 and it's Bob Hastings and he'll be glad to help you. So again, we'll take your money. Mike, thank you very much for uh, having us on. We oh, appreciate no it very much. Kevin, uh, any, any final soon. words for us today? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, you know, remember the course, you know, coming up on the holiday season and uh, you've got a few weeks to think about it and get your tickets and uh, hopefully we'll have a full house and uh, we should be, we're ready to share the music with the people. So, Absolutely. This is a lot of fun. Thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate you. And uh, Big Ugly, we're going to take a little break here as we go into our next segment because we are coming back. But uh, go see the chorus of the Chesapeake, please, on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And we will be right back.
we are back on yeah. the dirty. Oh, God damn it, every time. <laughs> Sorry, one day I'm gonna I'm gonna stump you on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly, and we want to thank Bill Day. Kevin King, the chorus of the Chesapeake. That was a great conversation. Um, please join us at the show. Please join us at meetings. Um, it's great brotherhood, great friendship, and great singing. Har- uh, Harmony Barbershop Core is fantastic. Okay, now it's Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We're back to wrestling, and we're back with one of our very special guests over um, 110 episodes now. Been on a lot of them. Uh, he's on the 5-3 and three Ravens. He is, no, well, he, you know, he's a big fan of the 5-3 and three Ravens. Let's put it that way. Jason Justin Tucker, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Good, man. I'm glad you could join us. Um, this is great, and... Uh, <clears throat> Big Ugly, I was telling uh, Jason Justin Tucker about our uh, road to WrestleMania, WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. So we're all going to be starting to talk about that probably springtime next year because we're all going to be there. Yes. I mean, one way or another, we're all All going to be be at WrestleMania. We're going to be there. And we're going to be at both nights. Um, I'm sure it's going to work out that way. So, Jason, Justin Tucker, I believe you are interested. You're you're totally uh, down for those ideas. Yes. That's great because we want you to be there because you were there with us last time at WrestleMania 35 in New York. And you were there for all 18 hours of the actual show. Yes. And you were you were there for us walking around outside the Swamplands and getting the uh, Uber driver that took us on a scenic tour of Backstreet USA uh, at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we had a good time. Did. All right. So on this segment, segment three. Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. All right, we're going to talk about Survivor Series because it's coming up. The 36th annual Survivor Series is coming up. I can't believe that they've had 36 of these events, but I mean, they've almost had 40 WrestleMania, so they've had just as many SummerSlams, just as many Survivor Series, just as many Royal Rumbles. Um, <clears throat> this year, they're adding in the War Games element. A little bit of WCW, a little bit of NXT. They're going to put two rings together. They're going to put cages around every ring, um, and they should put a roof on the cage that would make it more interesting but i don't know if they're going to do that probably not but we're going to see um we're going to have some five on five we're going to have hopefully we have some more uh men's matches women's matches all the brands uh jason justin tucker is survivor series on your radar do you like this event do you like the traditional matches and are you excited yeah i'm looking forward to this year do you like the war games element have you seen it in nxt no, I haven't. You should check it but, out on Peacock. Peacock. All right, I'll give it a look. <laughs> it's pretty good, man. Um, you start off with two people in the ring. It's a double cage, double ring. And then every three minutes or five minutes, they have somebody from each team come out. Um, so there's a it's one-on-one, then two-on-one, then two-on-two, and then back and forth all the way until you get five-on-five. And then it's submission or surrender only. No pinfalls. You got to give well, up or quit. That's the way it should be. Um, it's always pretty intense, pretty high flying. Um, Big Ugly, have you seen the War Games matches on any on any uh, platform? You know, unfortunately, I have not. Um, mm. Yeah, even on NXT, I've not watched War Games, uh, but I too need to check the War Games out. Please on Peacock, you can check yeah. it out. You can check out War Games on. Um, old wcw nwa content way back to the mid 80s um all the way through and then you can check it out on recent nxt stuff um from 2015 and beyond so uh it's all great stuff and it's it's going to be fun fantastic so survivor series now 
normally this was the Thanksgiving night tradition. Actually, they started having Survivor Series on Thanksgiving night, and it was sold out every time. Because when you're done with your family and you're done with all the turkey and the trimmings and everything, it, it's okay to go out to an arena um, and, and you know cheer for your favorite wrestling fan because most people have off the next day, or if they don't, they they take off one way or the other. Um, I miss that. I mean, I I mean, I know it's on the weekends now, but what would you guys think if Triple H in his new regime took Survivor Series? It seems like he's taking it back to five on five elimination, adding the War Games element. Jason Justin Tucker, would you watch it on Thanksgiving night? I would. You would. You would. <laughs> so it wouldn't be on a Peacock replay. You would actually uh, on Thanksgiving Day like watch it live. I mean, as long as I was like all finished, like you said. You know, <laughs> well, you can bring your you can bring your food to the table, uh, or I mean, food to the table, you know, in front of the TV. Now, Big Ugly, would you do it? Would I watch would you, on Thanksgiving night? War games on Thanksgiving night? No. Any Survivor I, Series, a no, WWE I, premium I, live event? No, I think I, it's football, man. I, I'm gonna watch the football. I understand, and that's Dallas is playing. I gotta watch it. Now, you know, but there's usually three football games. There's one starts at like 12, yeah, one starts De- at four, Detroit, and one starts at seven. Yeah, Detroit plays first, Dallas plays second, and then there's usually some kind of night game. Yeah. So the Dallas game might be over by the time Survivor Series would start. Might Maybe, because maybe. Dallas usually plays at like, like, four, like the 4-15 game, so then they're, it's usually over around like seven-something. Gotcha. Maybe. Yeah. So initially, for a while, it was Thanksgiving night. Then they started doing the day before Thanksgiving, which was a Wednesday night um, for a pay-per-view or premium live event. That's and the they- better option right there. Okay. I feel that. Jason, Justin Tucker, would you do one on that night? Night before, for sure. Yeah. Okay. See, sure. Okay. So then that was a good idea because I say 99 out of 100, you got off on Thanksgiving day. There ain't no football going on on Wednesday night. Um and you can watch football, you can do your Thanksgiving, and you can get your fill. Now, that was a good idea. Um, then they started moving it back to the weekend before or weekend after um, Thanksgiving. Not the weekend of Thanksgiving. Now, I don't think they ever did it. Um, this year, they're doing it that way. But I don't know if they've ever done that before. But now that they're doing it on Saturday nights, that could be a good idea. Sunday on a Thanksgiving weekend, that's when everybody's traveling home. Everybody's getting ready, you know, their extended weekend is over. Not a great time for a wrestling event. Um, but Saturday could work. Okay. So we've had 36 Survivor Series. Two of them I've actually had the, the privilege to go to. One of them was in Landover, Landover, Maryland at the Capitol Center, the U.S. Air Arena, whatever it was. 1995. The main event was Diesel defending the WWF Championship. But now that was uh, Kevin Nash versus Bret Hart. Um, and they, they had some traditional five on five matches. The, the debut of gold dust was that night on a pay-per-view as a matter of fact, oh. um, some interesting history there who should be in the WWE hall of fame, which we've talked about before. <laughs> um, and the other one was at Washington DC in 2009 at the Verizon center, which is one of the, uh, which is now the capital one arena, uh, whatever it was. So the main event on that one, this looks pretty good. John Cena versus Shawn Michaels versus Triple H in a triple threat match for the WWE Championship. There's some heavy hitters in that one. Um, pretty sure John Cena kept the title, but um, that that was uh, that was pretty good as well. I I enjoyed that, 
And uh, Survivor Series hopefully will come back. I think it's been in Philadelphia before. Yeah, I see it Philadelphia a couple times there. Um, King Booker versus Batista for the championship. Eh, okay. <laughs> Could have been better matches probably in the uh, other part of the card. So I got some questions for you guys. So Survivor Series was one of the big four. I guess it still is. They're trying to revamp the premium live event schedule. At this point, would you say in the big four that WrestleMania is still number one or has Royal Rumble taken it over? I'm going to start with Jason Justin Tucker. I would still say WrestleMania is the um, main one. Okay. Okay. Because um, the, if you win the Royal Rumble, you get to face anyone you want at WrestleMania. True. True. Or any, any time, but basically, if they win the Rumble, they choose to do WrestleMania. Gotcha. But as, um, And as far as hype and as far as events itself and as far as the individuality of the match, Big Ugly, are you number one WrestleMania or are you number one Royal Rumble? I think Royal. I think it's the unspoken truth that Royal Rumble is actually number one. Uh, but WrestleMania is the show of shows, if you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But everyone knows we're all the most hyped for the Royal Rumble. Gotcha. Could they do a two-night Royal Rumble with the men's on one night and the women's on the other night and then just pack in the rest of the card with other matches? Is that something that could be viable? Would that would that pay off? Would that draw? Um, having it on a Saturday and Sunday night. What do you think, Jason, Justin Tucker? Two nights of a Royal Rumble? I think it would fare well. I guess if you would – I guess – I would say put the women's on the first night, really. Okay. And kind of have the main event and, on the second night, which is the men. Yeah. Yeah. And then have like before the Rumble, just other small matches or small belt matches or whatever. Okay. Big Ugly, what do you think? Say that one more time. Could you see the Royal Rumble being a two night premium live event? Um, have. No, 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 no. Oh, before I even finish. Yeah, no. It needs to stay one night. I, I listen. I'm not. I'm not really a fan of the WrestleMania two night event, but Ooh. I understand why they're doing it now. But I and, and like I, I'm not a fan of what we went through at WrestleMania where we were <laughs> there for like eight hours. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. I just think that they just genuinely just shortened that show. But um, but yeah, no Royal Rumble just needs to stay the way it is i think it works okay fair enough i mean there's a lot of opinions and there's a lot of things kind of you know possibly be changing with this triple h regime you never know um we could be getting rid of the money in the bank paint premium live event and just having the money in the bank at uh matches at wrestlemania which is good um because there's two nights of a wrestlemania now so theoretically you could have a women's money in the bank on one night and the men's money in the bank on the other night um you could have money in the bank on both nights um and instead of filling them up with, uh, you know, mid-carters, you could fill them up with actual potential championship contenders, um, which is which is a good thing. Uh, not Austin Theory, I guess. Um, but <laughs> did, did you see that, Jason Justin Tucker? Did you see Austin Theory try to cash in his money in the bank on the U.S. champion Seth Rollins and lose? Did you see that? Yeah, I just watched it like an hour ago. Oh, okay. So you you were prepared, man. What did you think of that? <sighs> Uh, I think it's I think it's a good setup for um maybe a little feud between the two of them. Really? Okay. 
and a feud between uh, uh, Rollins and um, and Austin Theory. That you know, that could give Austin Theory some substance. I mean, obviously he tried to cash in and lose, so it wouldn't be about the money in the bank anymore. But he could be upset about that, and he could like, yeah. be like Seth Rollins, "I'm going to go after you." So this begs the question: Does this? turn Seth Rollins face. I mean, as a heel, he's been getting over um and his theme music has get, been getting him over obviously because the whole crowd's singing with him and he's been he was trying to be a heel um but now does does he turn face big ugly? Or is he already? You saying Rollins? Yeah. No, I think I think Rollins stays heel. Um yeah, even I, be, even being over with the fans, even being over with the fans, I, I think uh, I think I mean you have to have him as a heel. Like what? Where do you go with Rollins as a face, and especially if he starts feuding with Lashley? I feel like Lashley would be the closer to a face than Rollins. Okay, if this is where they're going with those two, I don't know, but and, and it's interesting with the character. He's still acts like a heel yes. he still talks like a heel absolutely <laughs> i mean but it's just the, the theme music getting over and now even in seth rollins promos he's even calling out the the town that he's in um and that's a that's a face thing that's to a grab face attention. move all the way yes yeah that's a face thing to grab attention um you know even when they started singing other people's theme music uh you know they changed the theme music uh you know it's just kind of what it, like Sami Zayn everybody was still singing oh, 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 oh whatever yeah. and they changed the theme music nobody sings it anymore that that turned him heel but now Sami Zayn is like the biggest face in the company which is <laughs> crazy um okay so i'm going to go through a couple of more things here that are on my list before we uh, wrap up this podcast young rock Anybody seen episode one of season three? No. Jason? I'm not watching. Damn it. All right. (laughs) Y'all should watch Young Rock. It's getting into like the Attitude Era of Rocky Maivia and The Rock. And it's good stuff. Becky Lynch just actually guest starred as Cyndi Lauper, which was pretty cool. And now they have like a Hulk Hogan wannabe on there. Um, It's kind of interesting. But it's putting The Rock back in a wrestling frame of mind. Um with the with that coming back and the and the XFL being promoted and the teams and the jerseys and the logos and everything, I think the Rock, I think the Rock can make an appearance at the Royal Rumble. Maybe not as a guest entrant, but I think he could make an appearance. What I think if I, I definitely believe if the plan is to set something up with him and Roman, it has to start at the Royal Rumble. Oh so yeah, I completely agree. Because that's when the most people are going to be watching. Correct. Yeah. I, I can't see The Rock just coming for some random Raw. To I hope not. It, it would be the Royal Rumble. Gotcha. Jason, Justin Tucker, what do you think? We get a Rock comeback? I think so. I, I'm not saying he'd be an entrant, but maybe he'd interfere or or get hit by accident or something. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I can see both happening. I can see I can see the Rock getting involved, but I would I would hope to to get him involved early and to push because if they're going to do this Rock Roman thing, um, I don't want to be talking about this when we get to WrestleMania this year and then be like, well, you know what? They missed an opportunity. I would think if they're going to do it, they better do it soon and now capitalize on everything that they got going on. Um, okay, and my next other thing that I wanted to address. There is a movie on Peacock called The Independent. It's kind of 
based around election and because we're around election time. John Cena is one of the people in it. Um, he ends up being a very bad character, actually. Um, but anyway, do we want John Cena to make a comeback again? And if we do, do we want what do we want him to do? Big, big, ugly. Um, as far as Cena, I mean, I don't expect Cena to come back in any capacity that he used to be like, you know, full time or making some huge splash. I don't expect him to win any more championships. Um, if he has a small part time feud with somebody, I wouldn't mind it. Um, you know, I think it'd be fresh. You know, I think it's been a long time since we've seen Cena in a feud, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't think we've really seen it since Bray Wyatt, right? In like 2020, COVID. That yeah, was that was a that feud. was a feud, right? Because he came yeah. back to face Reigns in SummerSlam 21, but that wasn't really a feud. Yeah, that you was know. really John Cena popping everything at the first live Money in the Bank, and then hey, let's give him something to do. Yeah, so okay. I would mind. I, I don't mind Cena coming back. I guess is my my okay. thought. I don't really know what I want him to do. Um, something. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I definitely don't want to him to be the one to defeat Reigns, but no, no. Especially <laughs> since Reigns already, especially yeah. since Reigns already put him down at SummerSlam the other year. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind them going at it again, but I don't want to see John Cena win. Of course, yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that being a Vince decision. Like, oh, Cena, what? <laughs> ah, damn it! Yeah, Jason, what do you think, John Cena, yay or nay? I say yay. I think he could possibly manage somebody if he wanted to. Oh, like you sure could who. be in somebody's corner or be a second or like a mouthpiece for somebody. Ah. Um, and before the last thing, real quick, as we're just sitting here right now, Survivor Series coming up, Royal Rumble, I think, after that, <laughs> some things in the middle. Do we have any preliminary guesses of the Royal Rumble winner, men or women, this year at all? Jason, Justin Tucker, I'm going to start with you. Any guess? Any guess? Yep. I could see Drew winning again. Okay. Okay. How about the women? As far as as far as the women's, I would say maybe Rhea or maybe the new girl they brought in with um the club. Oh, Mia Yim. Yeah. Oh yeah, she just made a comeback too. That's pretty good. Oh, I like this. <laughs> oh my, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, good. Rhea Ripley, though. <laughs> I like that. I mean, that was uh, okay. I'm just making sure you're all right. Big Ugly. Um, as far as guesses. Yep. I gotta tell you, I have no clue. I'm. <laughs> I, I really don't on this one. Um, on. Okay. Uh, who could win the Royal Rumble? That's a great question. I don't come know. up with some. Yeah. <laughs> I would say maybe uh. Hey, I'm gonna just throw out a name. I'm just say Lashley. Okay. Okay. He's never won it before, and he's he's believable. How about the women? How about the women? Uh women. That's who's Ronda Rousey feuding with right now? Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe. Uh, I'll say I could take a Bailey on that one. Okay. She's never won it before, and she certainly earned her stripes. Yeah. And I, I won't go see, back. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, you mentioned Bailey. Bailey and um, <laughs> Bianca 
had a hell of a match in Saudi Arabia. Last woman standing. Um, they they both beat the crap out of each other in the ring, outside the ring, all the way up the ramp. There were golf carts involved. Um, I know we didn't mention that earlier, but I, I think they had a hell of a match. What do you guys think? Big Ugly? Yes. Sorry. I'm like doing something and talking. Sorry. Shake it off. Um, you said Bailey and... Bianca, last one standing. Yeah, they had Saudi a great Arabia. match. Saudi Arabia, yes. They had a great, they had a great match. Um I feel like I'm I, I gotta admit I'm re- I'm really ready for Bianca to turn heel. Ooh. I, I yeah, I think she's kind of worn on me a bit. Okay. With the face. I know that wasn't relevant to the match. No, that's okay because Bianca. we need to see it. <laughs> yeah. And then we can um, see a whole new side of Bianca and then have her go through a whole different r- roster of people. Yeah. And I got to admit, this is a sidebar, but I love the uh, exchange between Asuka and uh, who is it? Io, Io Shirai. Oh, um, yeah. The Japanese. And I saw a trend, like somebody translated it. Online, what did it, they say? This is good stuff. Oh, wow. So uh, Asuka just tells her that she couldn't, that they were all morons and that, that their skill wasn't good enough to beat her. And so then Io Shirai just says, uh, she's like, you know, you always talk a lot of stuff and no one like understands you, but and then so Oscar's like, "Oh, you speak Japanese?" And Io Shirai's like, "Of course I speak Japanese." And then and then Oscar's like, Oscar just keeps calling her stupid. And then the whole time, and then Io Shirai just eventually says, "Bitch." <laughs> <laughs> See, now that's entertaining because nine nine ninety nine out of a hundred people are not going to understand what they're saying, but it's how they were doing it, and it was just so entertaining. Um, yeah, that yeah, was, was great. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good sidebar. I like that. Absolutely. Oscar won the first women's Royal Rumble. Um, so I like Jason's view on this. I like Rhea Ripley. I think she could do it, but I, I do like uh, you know Big Ugly. I, I could see Bailey. I would love to see her stick around for a long period of time and uh, take the reins on this one. Um, and as far as the men, you know, if they actually do something in the ring with Bray Wyatt, maybe. So far, it's uh, I, I I'm. Still confused about all the Uncle Howdy and everything else that's going on, um, but it could be interesting. It's still intriguing to watch and, and figure out where that's going to go. I think you know that that would be interesting. But I, you know, I like your take on Lashley. I think it's believable. I think it's very possible. Um, I just think it also could be somebody new, somebody that we're not thinking about, and it could be. Uh, you know, total surprise to us, but uh, whoever it is, they're going to actually have to push for WrestleMania. So that would be interesting. So I got to say, this has been a cool conversation. Um, I'm going to say our next conversation is probably going to be, you know, after Thanksgiving, but before Christmas, um, we're going to talk about Survivor Series because it, it will have happened. AEW is going to have a pay-per-view at that point uh, in between full gear as well. So we're going to have to talk about that. The Ravens are going to be up there. Dallas, uh, you know, Dallas, Dallas could be up there too. You know, we, we could have a showdown. Um, and things are happening. There's an entire conference that's nobody's above 500, but somebody's in first place. Uh, <laughs> the NFL is weird this year, man. It is. You, it is absolutely weird. Yes, it is. We got the Eagles eight and no, and you got another team that's like four and five, and they're in first place. I mean, I, you know, whatever. <laughs> this is the NFL. Things happen. Um, and uh, Tom Brady got divorced, and the Tampa Bay isn't doing great. Green Bay Packers, you know, Aaron Rodgers, they're not doing great. It's it's a weird, 
weird year for the NFL, so anything can happen. Jason, Justin Tucker, are you happy with the Ravens so far? I am. Good. That's what it's all about. They, they play uh, – they played this past Monday night, and they play like two games in like 30 days, which is crazy. Um, but anyway, so this has been great. Episode 110, uh, Chorus of the Chesapeake's in the books. We talked about a lot of good stuff. 111, 111 is going to be coming by the end of the year, and we're going to have a good time, and we're going to talk about it. I want you all to have a happy Thanksgiving. Jason, Justin, Tucker, thank you for joining us. Uh, sorry about the technical difficulties, but you made it on there. Big J, we appreciate you. Um and dirty, dirty, ugly, big fit is what I want to call you. Big fit. Big fit. <laughs> this is going to be the dirty fit or the fit dirty <laughs> podcast. But um, I want to thank dirty. you for <laughs> thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for doing what you do and talking wrestling and and uh, doing the technical side of this podcast. We appreciate you. And, um, you know, we're going to do it again in December. Absolutely. So, uh, gentlemen, happy yeah, that's right. Happy holidays to you all. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. We'll talk to you before Christmas. And uh, that is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling 3, 2, 1, deuces, deuces. and we out.